You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B O D I dot com. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. We are so excited to be joined by the incredibly talented, incredibly beautiful Kimberly. We know you from, well, we got introduced, most of us introduced to you from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, but you have been around with celebrities for quite some time, and we are just so excited to talk to you. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. It's really, really nice to visit with you. And we just went live on Instagram, um, and so we you know, had a few questions there. So there might be some things for those that were listening to the live and also listening to the podcast that might be a little bit repetitive, but we want to make sure everyone gets to know you. And we kind of want to start with, you know, before you began working with key leaders, I mean, because you have worked with politicians, people like very high politician offices, hint, hint. Um, you've worked with so many cool celebrities. But I'm guessing it wasn't just one day you woke up and you called, you know, uh, Jennifer Hudson and started working with her. How, what was that journey like? How did you get to where you are? Well, it started is I had mentioned before about, um, you know, really having hypnosis myself as a treatment and a protocol. And it worked so great that I decided to go into business like that because I thought, boy, I want this. And not only do I want it, but others really should should um, know about it, mostly for things that I wanted to fix about myself at the time. But what happened was I decided, like, who do I want to support my work? Who do I want to go to that really... Um, you know, can funnel the appropriate people who are meant to be with me because isn't life really about who is meant to be in our path and who are we meant to walk alongside of, right? So I started going to visit medical doctors and share with them what I was doing and share with them what my findings were in sessions and things and um, letting them know that my services were available for their clientele. At the same time, I was uh, moving from Seattle, where I had worked with primarily tech people, to Malibu, where I started working mostly in the addiction space. And so medical doctors, dentists, people that people would seek out. Um, you know, really were the ones. And of course, anytime you're starting a practice anywhere in entertainment in Hollywood and that whole area, of course, you're going to get clients like that. And in Malibu, specifically working with addiction, you know, that was the, I mean, I was in the hotbed of it. So mm -hmm. it didn't surprise me. 
that my business started picking up like that. Also, because, you know, people will sometimes say, well, gosh, why do you focus so much on the celebrity of people or high performers? And I do that simply because they're used to seeking out professionals. They're very accustomed to finding, I mean, look at Whitney, for example, perfect example of this is that she didn't just go to somebody that somebody said something about. She read a book. She loved the book. She contacted the author, being me, and she, you know, showed up here. So, I mean, it's that, that's the type of mentality that I'm after because those people are really looking for an exceptional experience. They're looking for something greater than what they just might have, you know, locally or close to them. They're really willing to put in the time and effort to do that. And so that's pretty much how it built. And then, of course, when people start having successes and, you know, life is showing them those convincers of the fact that it's working, then of course they're so happy to shout the news. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you think about the brain, you know, it can, it's so complex and we can psych ourselves out of things. We can amp ourselves up for things. I mean, it's really like our mentality as we go into it and we might not even realize that the way we're thinking about something is very negative or very positive and it's directly affecting the outcome. So having someone help you with that. And then you see those results. I mean, I would imagine you have several long-term, you know, repeat clients that continually come to you. Cause it's not like we fix one thing and we're perfect. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> it would wouldn't it, it'd be so great. It would, I would be, love that it would be really nice. I mean, I, do you have more time? Because <laughs> we could go all day with all the things we want to fix. Well, being a hypnotherapist, I have lifetimes, my dear. (laughs) (laughs) We can go on and on. It never ends. No, but what you speak to is so right. And, you know, the the idea that, and, and let me just be the first to tell you that hypnosis is amazing because it's so easy for the end consumer, you know, the, the client. And yes, I do have what I call lifers because they love it and rightly so. And we've made such progress. I mean, I have clients for decades that still come. And my favorite thing to do is an intensive where people come to Las Vegas I see them for uh, four to five days in a row, and we really just address everything. It's like a power washing for your soul. <laughs> so, oh my God. Yeah. When can we come? Like, I, I will be there next week. That- I feed you. <laughs> I, I do everything you can imagine. And it's so nice because it's you and I, and I've got my zero gravity chair, which you saw me sitting in in the show. You didn't see it in action because it actually dips back um, so that your head is lower than your knees. And that's a great position for trance because you can't feel your body. And so we don't want any discomfort. We don't want any worldly things to get in the way once you feel so relaxed and so good. <laughs> you need your own app. I feel like if I could just hear your voice at night, I'd fall asleep a little bit easier. There's something just calming about even your presence. There's just like in seeing you on the show, there's just something about you that's very comforting and calming even now talking to you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, it's probably just the years of osmosis of all the years of doing this and really just knowing where the placement is, you know, people come and, and especially when they walk through the door, I mean, you saw everybody was, you know, pretty frenetic and, I'm like, eh, you know, and everybody's 
excitable and things and you're going to a new place. And especially the fact that, like I had said before, I didn't know that the girls didn't know that they were coming. And so you can be thrown for loops and things in life, as we all know. And so when someone comes, you know, and they're sitting down now and we're starting to talk, it's all decompression. It's all starting. That was the thing with the balls, you know, so the balls are ping pong balls and then they're baseballs and then they're basketballs and then they're bowling balls. I think that the footage that you saw ended there at baseballs. But the idea is to bring down, to get the energy down. Little did I know that Jen and Heather would do the work for me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're right. I'm wondering, Kimberly, what is one big misconception about hypnotherapy? Because I'm sure there's some people who might have watched the episode and be like, I don't know if I'd buy this. Like, What's one big misconception about it? The and how would you debunk it? Yes. The biggest misconception is that it uh, has anything to do with psychic abilities or mediumship or anything like that. I wish. I mean, I talk to psychics and mediums myself for my own entertainment and my own spare time, but it doesn't work that way. It's really about your mind and where you want to go with it. I happen to be highly intuitive and I happen to be um, you know, very tuned in. Again, osmosis of all the things that I've done over the years. But that and aside, you know, there's no Allison do here in the sense that I can't tell you, you know, what you're going to do tomorrow or what's going to happen in your lifetime, uh, nor would I want to because we're all of free will. And I was raised in the Bible Belt, and I, you know, you might have noticed around the house, I pray to everything. I have, I don't want to, I don't want to miss anything. I have all my bases covered, people. I am like, you know, Ganesh is standing there at the doorway to send good, you know, energy towards the door when people come in. I've got crosses. I've got the Star of David. I've got it all. And I, you know, I'm an equal opportunity um, prayer of anything that I think could be helpful on the other side, because I just believe that all of it is good. And if it feels good, then that's wonderful. You know, I don't know much about Mormonism, but um you know, I, for me, it works for me just to cover all my bases. I like it. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, it, what's the harm? What, you know, what, and when all this is over and you get to the afterlife, you know, whichever one is right or whatever it is, you've got it all covered. So, you know, I think it's, it's a good way to look at things. And also I'm sure for people, you know, you get a, a variety of backgrounds. I'm sure it's comforting for those that are Jewish to see the star of David for those you know, that are Islam, you know, whatever it is that you see all this. And so it helps you feel a little bit more comfortable as you're going through it. Is Has there ever been someone who's just been like so shut off or so like, just like you couldn't break through to them or that it just took them so long? What were some of the reasons, you know, that it makes it harder to break through to somebody? Well, I kind of pride myself on having the art of it down so that that doesn't happen. I have had resistance, you know, I'll have husbands and wives and wives and husbands and parents and children and things. And so not everybody that shows up at my home office is really there because they want to be. Um, there's obviously some level of want because they're not in handcuffs and no one's making them, but <laughs> barely. But that aside, you know, if it's a disruptive child or it's a an addict, for example, you know, so they're really being run by their biochemistry and they're really, you know, um, hangry because, you know, they haven't had their fix or whatever the case is. There's so many opportunities to walk away before you get here. And I know that the people who are supposed to be here end up here. And that's my overall belief system. 
Um, one of the things is that, you know, it's, it's not hypnosis is an interesting thing because it's not woo woo in the sense of that you were asking about the biggest misconception. One of those um, also is the fact that people are conflicted between uh, or confused between stage show hypnosis and clinical hypnosis. I practice clinical hypnosis, although I have kind of a stage showy way, right? So when people meet me in Las Vegas, they say, oh, which, you know, resort is your show at? What time does it start? And I, I have no doves and I have no squirrels and I have no rabbits coming out of hats. But, you know, I can fix that, you know, tick that you're, you've been struggling with or that emotional issue that you've had all your life. So um, that would be another big misconception. And Chris Angel lives right across the Arroyo. And so, you know, I'll see he and his wife, Chanel, walking around every now and then. And we kind of laugh about it because, you know, he's the ultimate hypnotist in, in his magic shows. Um, mine's a whole different thing. But the idea that people come here and they immediately feel relieved that there's help. And it's the easiest help you could ever get because literally you feel like you're laying down to take a snooze. You 100% feel like you're just relaxing, which is that state of trance. So we naturally go into that. I could say, write down your top five priorities. And those are the things that have you mesmerized and have you transfixed. You know, look at a TV commercial with a big burger that's smoking and flaming. And we all say, ooh, yum. That's our hypnotist. Our our devices that we're on all day, every day and all night is our hypnotist, right? So you're, you're mistaken if you think you've never been hypnotized because everyone has and it's a natural state, therefore very easy to enter. So that's Bravo TV for us. <laughs> yes, yes, right. So, yeah, one. the housewives. So we have the full divided attention. I'm just, I'm being a little silly, but also there's probably truth to that. <laughs> yes, transfixed by it. And, and I mean, 100%. And that's good because anything that attracts you that works for you, that's fine. If it got in the way of your life life, then we'd have to talk. But other than that, perfect. Don't ask our husbands. They might say it's getting in the way. Uh, no, they just they just want to watch something else in the evening and we usually take over the TV. I'm curious for those who maybe can't, you know, come to Vegas and do a four or five day workshop with you. You have this amazing book out there, you know, for those that read the book, could, is there still a benefit or are there still some changes that they'll see in their life from reading the book as well? Huge changes. Yes. The whole idea of writing the book. So I had my practice first and then um, an editor from HarperCollins approached and wanted to um, for me to write a book for them. And then it turned into Simon & Schuster as my partner. And the whole idea was to be able to take this and make it where people could practice self-hypnosis because that's what you do anyway. I mean, even if you come see me, you still, when you leave, practice um, self-hypnosis. And and it's so easy. If I could just share with you, I mean, there's, there's no smoke and mirrors here whatsoever. You have a brain, you're in the game already. Women's intuition, you know, we're so used to kind of denying our own primal impulses that if we realized how powerful we were, it might be scary. You know, I think it was Marianne Williamson who said, it's not that you might be great. It's the fear that you might be so great or however she so put it. But the idea is that when you take, like, just take a week. This is the best exercise ever. Take a week and follow your impulses. Take a week and follow your intuition and see how that week goes for you. See if your arms aren't tired, you know, or aren't rested then from being so tired of swimming upstream all the time or trying to, you know, sledge hammer open a door when you could just turn the knob and walk right in. We fight it. 
and we fight too hard. We don't trust it. And so the book is about taking accountability, which isn't writing any letters to anybody. It's really just looking at your own self. You know, it's the most selfish self-help book you'll ever use. It's one of those that you just look at yourself Then you get in touch. I show you how to tap into that intuition and that subconscious power. That's the whole crux of the book. And then things like how to get out of drought when you're in lack and you're an overgiver and you just have no more to give, how to judge thyself and thy neighbor, how to bring judgment back in, in the sense of ecology and sense of agency for yourself and autonomy. Who's good for you right now? Who's good for you in midterm and long-term? How to find a great parking space. Doesn't somebody want that? How to find lost things around the house. Doesn't someone want that? I, yeah, mean, husband that. I feel like that chapter should be called husbands because I'm constantly the one who's looking for everything. <laughs> right? Exactly. Most women are late because they're trying to help someone else find something or themselves. And so it's really, really neat because your subconscious is recording every single thing about your lifetime. You're not alone. If you imagine that you have this little eight-year-old next to you constantly, you would see different things. You would speak different you would watch different things. I mean, not, you know, Bravo was standing, of course, but like scary stuff and, you know, all the crazy things that we see. I mean, just really start to pay attention. That's that Tonka and Tutu's um, section. And then also, like, I don't know if you've seen the photos that I posted with the ladies in their tutus, but we had a whole tutu experience, which was really profound and healing. And um, when you read that chapter, you'll understand why. How about trajectory? You know, when you put in maps where you want to go and it has to log where you are trajectory of if you move toward or away from things so if you're unhappy time after time after time with relationships or locale or jobs whatever is look and see if you're constantly leaving something that you don't like or if you're really going towards things that you do like, you know, like I, the, a good example is money. So if someone says, oh, I want to make a lot of money. And I say, okay, is it because you don't want to be impoverished or is it because you want to be able to provide for your family? So are you moving away from poverty or are you moving toward excellence? You tell me, right? So it's that, it's that kind of nitty gritty to really rewire so that you can come from a perspective of health and healing and really have this fantastic, easy life. Gosh, like I feel so inspired now. I want to like, I can't wait to read your book. I want to do the audiobook book of version of it, which I'm so excited you have. I'm big on audiobooks just because, well, it used to be I was driving in my car and taking people places. I'm not doing as much of that these days, but your voice too is so calming. I'm like, okay, you were meant to do audiobooks. If I ever write a book, I want you to be the one who narrates it. You got it. <laughs> I say the biggest compliment when when uh, listening to my audiobook would be if you just go into trance and fall asleep yeah. and then wake up and it's over and it won't matter because your subconscious heard it all anyway. I might try that. I think that was amazing. Multiple. I also, yeah, I was researching you and I thought it was so cool that you've also helped actors and actresses, you know, there's the, I think the common things we think of overcoming fears, I'm afraid to fly, but you also help them get into character for roles, particularly if they're going to be, have a romantic relationship with another actor um, to help them, you know, prepare for that. What are some things that you're helping them like with their brain, 
you know, prepare for or opening them up for when they're, when you're helping them like get into character? So it's really to have a clean slate so that they're not working from any of their emotional bias. So, you know, a lot of times actors will have method acting as their way, you know, everybody has a different path, but depending on what they're going for, you know, sometimes they're playing something that they can't even imagine and they really need to access it from elsewhere. And that elsewhere is, you know, whatever their method is, but they do have to really flatten and baseline themselves so that that can emerge, you know, because many times in the best performances are when they're the furthest from their own um, information as possible. And so the other part is to come out of it feeling different and better than sad or, you know, missing that character. People can fall in love with their characters. And so there's a love model. There's an anti-love model. One of my clients, most interestingly, had asked not to fall in love with a co-star on set. This was a habitual issue of self-sabotage that had happened in the past to this person. And they were actually starring then with a person who is also that way. So I had double duty. And, you know, it was just like a logical for everybody to stay in their own bed and their own household with their own families. And it worked out that way. So that, that was great. But the thing is, is that everything is the perspective that we come from every single thing. You know, do you wake up in the morning and think like, say the alarm goes off and is your first thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's time to get up. Or is your first thought, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that it's time to get up. So everything comes from perspective and perspective can be shifted. If you find that your life isn't going the way you want, which is the big biggest indicator that something is awry, then you have to look at that and say, okay, what is it? And all of these hypnotic hacks, all of these uh, self-hypnotic hacks yourself that you just like literally do within, I'd say the, the fastest one is maybe 30 seconds, maybe even 15 seconds. And the longest one, maybe three minutes. I mean, that's how fast your brain is. And that's how fast your mind works. So this whole, you know, digging and trying and, you know, clamoring and swimming and paddling does not need to happen. We make it far harder than it needs to be. That's so cool. Have you ever been starstruck? Or I mean, how do you, because I think about some of these actors and actresses, and if you, you know, see a movie or you really like love a particular actor or actress, and then they come to you, I'm sure it's exciting, but have you ever been starstruck by somebody? You know, not really. Um, doctors do that for me, you know, when I'm in the presence of doctors. Um, and I think it's just because you really have to know surgeons in general, because the confidence alone that it takes to open up a human being, I mean, imagine, uh, you know, I mean, really. And so from the celebrity standpoint, not so much. Now I am a big observer and I love and appreciate shine, you know, shine to me is like, like Kate Hudson is shiny, you know, she's so glossy and shiny, right? And so um, a look like that, I absolutely love. And you just know that there's just an angel's kiss on them. You know that they have the, the star and that, that wand and that little um, beautiful unicorn glow. There's something happening there. And I love it when I have a client like that because it's, we're already halfway there. You know, they already know um, how to do that one. They already know how to excel that way. So when you present to a shiny person, and I mean someone who's really, you know, um, coming with a glow and automatic. And I think you know what I mean when I say Kate Hudson, right? You feel that? Yeah. yeah. There's just something about her. Like, I feel like it's funny. We were interviewing someone else about who would be a good housewife. 
And she said, Kate Hudson, but she might be too nice, but she's just so genuine. There's just something about her that everyone wants to be her friend. And it's true. I think everybody, there's something about Kate Hudson. She just seems very warm, inviting. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and beamy. There's something glowy about her, like if, if there's a flashlight on in there. Same thing with Julia Roberts. She has that beam and that glow, you know, when, when she's participating, you know, maybe not when she's just, you know, watching the kids play soccer, but when she's participating. And and I love that. And so that is already that acceptance and that, you know, they're used to being guided. Actresses, actors, anywhere, I guess it's a performer, musicians, whatever, um, they're all used to taking direction. And that is the key because if I, I really don't want like an argument or a debate about things, it's not a class study. It's really about getting people in and getting them, you know, buffy and shiny and out. It's not about, um, you know, this deep dive. (laughs) It really isn't. I mean, people might think, oh, hypnosis, you know, we're going in, we're going in. Well, I'm going in, but you're relaxing. And then when you come out, you just, much like my situation with stage fright is you just, all of a sudden you just feel great and you feel, Mm -hmm. you know, amazing and things line up. But that, um, I like it when they come because they're used to listening. They take it to heart. They know what they've done. They've reached out for the best. They found their expert and they go in and they, uh, you know, they just do it. They're compliant, I guess, is the best way to put mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I w- yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. I guess kind of, you know, thinking on the flip side of that. So there's people, you know, that are kind of already halfway there. There might be people, and I kind of think of Jen Shaw like this, that uh, it seems like there is some sort of trauma or just something inside of them that's just so buried deep and they keep pushing it further and further down. I would imagine with some people as you're going through this, there might be things that come out that they're not even aware of that is bothering them or a trauma that they've suppressed that they may may even forgot even happened. You know, how do you handle those type of things? Because I'm sure it can be very emotional for these people. So it does always come up. It comes up with a thing that I do called timeline therapy. In fact, I was just talking with someone earlier today about that. And it's interesting that you bring it up because the mind, so particularly the subconscious, which is all we're dealing with, is always suppressing things and repressing things that you are not ready to deal with. The There was a lot of talk with Jen this um series about her not, you know, accepting or not dealing with her father's transition. Well, that's super fixable because what it, what it shows me, and this is my, um, you know, my sideline, I guess, idea of, of what's going on there is that because I haven't seen her since we shot, but the, the idea that she doesn't fully grasp or believe or is convinced of life as a loop, not a line. She must not be able to feel him in her life. She must not be connecting to that greater part of him that's energy. She must believe that because she cannot see him in the physical, that he is not here and does not exist. So now I don't know about her religious beliefs. I don't know about any of this uh, with her, but that's where I would start digging right away is so that she can grab something. So we give her something to look toward at, right? As opposed to away from missing dad. How about the fact that you can feel him if you do X, Y, and Z? Let's connect to the part of you that can find him again. Let's connect to the part of him that's expanded into a different way. Because when you start believing more in what you can't see than what you do see, then you will see what you normally wouldn't see. And I mean, that's just a fact. 
fact. It sounds, you know, like it's out there, but we all know that when, when you connect and you get quiet and you imagine that person, you can almost smell them. You can almost feel them. I mean, they're there and you can have these experiences with them in their transition. So that she doesn't, she doesn't either believe that or hasn't been exposed to that or hasn't tried that. Otherwise she wouldn't have this deep, 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 deep sadness. If that indeed is, is where it's coming from. She seems yeah. to say so, you know, I'm taking it from the episodes that we've right. seen. Yeah. I guess we're just kind of going off of face value. Cause it seems like that is what she's saying. Maybe there's something else we don't even know about. Um, probably, yeah, but it seems like, you know, if she were to work with, with you, that it, that would come, if there's something, another trauma that she's suppressing, it would probably be revealed as she starts going through the process. Right. So the neat thing about timeline therapy is that you pull someone up above their life and you, and they look down and in this thing of establishing a timeline, I'm just going to kind of make broad brush strokes, but establishing a timeline, the mind will take us back to the very first time that you experience anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, or a belief system that's not true, limited beliefs. You know, once people die, they're gone forever. That could very well be her very strong rooted belief. And so we would need to show her all of the instances one great show that's out now on Netflix is Surviving Death, if you've seen it. I've watched that. I, Outstanding. I've watched the first couple episodes. I need to finish it, but it is fascinating. Outstanding. You know, I didn't focus as much on the mediumship in the in the middle parts as I did, you know, the children recounting. Have you gotten to that one where the children No, were- you know what? I need to I need to go back and watch because I skipped the medium episodes if I if I'm being honest because it was a little bit too heavy. Like the school, that whole episode. I was like, I don't know that I want to watch yeah, it. I like I the story. I like yeah, more I of the stories that. and how people connected with their loved ones. So, I need to go yeah. back and finish it. I didn't think I loved the medium ones at all either. I felt the same, but I loved, I think it was episode one, possibly two, and then six was the one where it had the uh, the children. And I mean, I have, I've spoken to people who have had children who are like that. And literally there was a really neat story real quick about um, Officer Jim. And so a friend had a child called, uh, that was had this imaginary play friend, Officer Jim. And Officer Jim does not want to go to school today because it's Officer Jim's birthday. And Officer Jim would like to stay home and paint because Officer Jim wants peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and to paint because today is his birthday. So time goes on. Anyway, they figure out that a great, great grandfather was an officer in the military and his name was James and it was his birth date and his favorite known kind of like how Elvis is known for his peanut butter and banana sandwiches. He was known for his peanut butter sandwiches and he was also a a hobbyist as a painter. So I mean, go figure. And this child hadn't had any exposure to him, but yeah, you know, officer Jim, he's sitting right here. He wants to stay home today. It's his birthday. I mean, those are things, those are facts you can't refute. And then, of course, I love how they laid it out in this program where they really show you, you know, I had um, I had the pleasure of assisting Mike Tyson in pallbearing for Muhammad Ali for his service. And I played a super small little role in getting him to uh, that location for that service. Um Mike and his wife, Kiki, and myself are friends. And so um, 
it worked out and someone said, Oh my gosh, you know, I bet Mike Tyson is so excited, you know, that you, that you got him there. And I thought, no, I was actually after Muhammad Ali to be excited about it, you know, because I I was focusing bigger and broader, you know, I wanted those two to connect. And and I also don't believe that when the physical is gone and, and looks like it has died off, that that's the end of it at all. And so you can see how healing that can be when we miss our loved ones. Oh, absolutely. There's another show on Netflix. So Bling Empire, I don't know if you've watched it, but one of the, I have. Did you, yeah, the, yeah. So did you watch Kevin's, uh, I'm guessing this is a timeline hypnotherapy is what he did to try to find his yes. parents. Yeah. So that was neat. I was glad they showed it, you know, um, for me, and again, you don't know what they do versus what they show, but I would have pulled him up super, super high, you know, because I don't like people to really cry that much during my session. Yeah. I really, I felt bad for him. I kept thinking like, pull him up, pull him up. You know, like if you imagine there's a plane and it's like going down, 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 it's like, pull up, pull up. And you know, that bonk, 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 you know, (laughs) like get him up there because I know how to avoid having that happen. And so, because someone shouldn't really have to cry. I have a lot of tears. I have like three tissue boxes within an arm reach away, but they're, but they're relief tears. They're not trauma tears. Right. And so I kept wanting to say, you know, get him up higher, get him up higher because that pulls you away from the emotion that takes you back up out of that physical event really happening because, you know, you don't have to suffer. But for TV, it was great. It was dramatic. And I was really glad that that healed that in him. That was great. Absolutely. Well, this has been so just for me, this is so eye opening. I love these type of things. I don't know. I'm, I'm big into visualization every year. I physically like write down my goals every year and I like have them in a file and I hold on. I I don't know for me, there's something about visualizing it. And I, so I love just learning more about techniques for you talking about trajectory and goal setting and just the way you think about things. And I cannot wait to listen to your book. I am like, I'm going to go get the audible version of it tonight. But um, for those who maybe haven't watched the show and are just being introduced to you for the first time, can you tell everyone where they can find your book uh, and how they can find you on social media? Sure. So on social, I'm at Kim Friedmutter and it's F-R-I-E-D-M-U-T-T-E-R. And then I have a website at KimberlyFriedmutter.com and I send out newsletters and all that kind of thing. A lot of fun tidbits. You know, I'm I only send out things that I think are really, really, really interesting. We see so much. And when Simon and Schuster and I partnered in the book, I said, I just don't want to put out a book that's one more thing for busy people to do, especially moms. And they said, no, no, no. You know, so what we ended up with was a book that gives you a thousand less things to do. And I think that that's welcomed um, by so many people. The book actually hit a lot of important lists. It hit, um, you know, best spiritual books. I don't have the list in front of me, but it was a bestseller on Amazon and many other places. It's available retail everywhere. And it's just, it hit spirituality. It, it hit uh, CNBC Make It series. It hit Forbes, you know, best book you'll want to buy about business, lawyers, a book every lawyer should read, a book every entrepreneur should read, every CEO should read. I mean, it just hit probably 20 or 30 different lists that surprised us all. Um, two of the funny lists were best book about feminism and then best book about feminists. And then, and um, best books to be feminine. 
<laughs> oh my goodness, oh that's my hilarious. Like, how is that possible, right? Best book for sons, for daughters, for college, for you know, teens. It's appropriate for everyone. Even my 91-year-old dad enjoyed it. And um, you know, he's a hard demographic to to hit. So <laughs> yay for me. But anyway, KimberlyFriedmutter.com is the website, and at Kim Friedmutter is all my social. And then of course the book is available everywhere on Amazon and retailers nationwide. And we'll be sure to tag you and post about this. Um, and also we'll include a link for everyone to swipe up and, and order the book. But thank you so much. I enjoyed this. I feel like this was like a mini therapy session. So thank just thank you so much. I'm like, I don't know, my mind feels so clear and I'm so motivated after talking to you. Oh, that's so nice. You know, it's just, it's, you're, you're just beautiful. And I appreciate y'all so much. And it's really, really, really nice. Thank you. It's been a delight and my greatest pleasure. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're Body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a Pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.